When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Stop Talking, Take Action, Get Results with Jen Duplessis. I am delighted that you have joined us today. And if it's the first time you're listening in, thank you so much for joining us. I hope that what you hear today really makes you want to come back, right? And hear more things, all kinds of stuff that we talk about on this particular podcast. And if you've been with us a thousand times, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I just want to remind you that all you have to do is scroll down on your phone and that's where you can write a review and give me a great five-star rating if, if that's what you're so inclined to do. But I hope that that's what you do. But I need those ratings. I need those um, reviews to keep me up on top here so that um, we can continue to grow the community. I can continue to bring in great guests and share with you as much as I possibly can so that you can move your business forward. So with that said, I would love to introduce our guest today, Jannie Ashmore. And I had the wonderful opportunity to meet her at a retreat that both she and I were attending in Phoenix. And if you can't tell, if you're one of those regular listeners, I always open this up, you know, wherever I'm speaking, wherever I go to a retreat, I always open it up for the people that I'm meeting to have the opportunity to come and share their message with you because I just want you to have that personal and professional growth. So without further ado, Jannie, welcome to our show. Thank you, Jen. Hello, everyone. Happy Pleasure. to have you. Yeah, right. so, so let's start with, um, if you don't mind, telling us a little bit about yourself and maybe keep it to a, just a couple quick minutes. You know, what did you used to do? How did you get into what you're doing now? And tell us what your message is. Okay, thanks, Jen. I'll do that. It was uh, great meeting you at the Leaders of Influence Conference just last month. And so it's really fun to reconnect this way on your podcast. So I have been in business more decades than I like to admit, <laughs> is what I generally say. And I actually started out in the corporate world as a technical consultant and uh, doing technical jobs. And it was really the aspect of teaching people that lit my fire. And even when I was in a corporate job, and I left that and became a full-time consultant and teaching people in corporations as well as individuals and in how it is that they can live to their fullest potential in their life. So it's a pretty broad spectrum as to what it is that I've covered. So lots of different topics that I've done. And on one hand, that's what I've done in my business career. On the other hand, I've spent an equal amount of time on my own personal and professional development. And so I have the, had the wonderful opportunity to be a trainer for such people as Tony Robbins, for Jack Canfield, 
and have spent a great amount of time developing myself and then marrying together the things from personal development and what it is that I've done in the professional corporate world, business world as well too. So it's been fun along the way. That's awesome. And you're, you're from Colorado. I am from Colorado, yes. Yeah, you know, it was funny because when I introduced you, I, I forgot about that until I heard your slight accent, which is very similar to mine, which really doesn't exist. But <laughs> there's enough of it where someone from Colorado would pick it up. But um, yeah, I love that. And so it's always great to have someone from Colorado on the show and wonderful. So, okay, so you, you had this long career and you said, you know, I'm done with it. I want to go do something else and I have to make more of an impact in the world. So what was that transition like when you made, when you made that transition and what were you trying to accomplish by making the transition? Well, actually, Jen, what I've done is I've kept both feet in each world. Oh, you're a straddler. I am. So it's really allowed me to fulfill my passions on both sides because I do love working in business and in the corporate world. And I also love working with individuals as well, too, because in any business, in any corporation, it's made up of individuals. And so sometimes I'm working with teams of people and sometimes in the private sector, I'm working with individuals. So it gives me the opportunity to do both. That's great. I, and yeah. I've been there. Listen, I've been there. You know, for eight years, I was a straddler and did a little bit of both. And then one day I got pulled one way and here I go. Okay. So what do you contribute your success in being able to share your message, you know, with, with everybody, but what do you contribute your success to as a general rule of thumb? I think it's really being able to be in both worlds rather than only focused on one world because there are so many great things, aspects of each of the areas that I focus on that can contribute to the other. So I think it makes me have have much broader perspective and because there's so much that I've learned in the corporate world that I can apply to people who are just starting out in their businesses, to entrepreneurs and individuals, solopreneurs as well too. And vice versa, that what I've learned in the personal development world uh, is now I've seen this change because of the amount of time that I have been in the corporate world, that we're doing more and more personal development in the corporate world, which really lights my fire. Because when I first started decades ago, you know, you couldn't even say personal development in the corporate world. It was just banned. And there's so much more that we can do now that it, it really opens up both worlds and blends them together. It's not an either or for me. Yeah. You know, honestly, I think there's so many people that are becoming entrepreneurs that this personal development will help them, you know, at the latter part of the sunset of their career, you know, to be able to go into entrepreneurship. So, no, I love that you say that because, you know, it keeps your toes in, right? It keeps your toes into, into what people are experiencing. Okay. So you said, you know, here I'm, I'm teaching people about personal development. What is, that's a wide range. So what is the personal development that you're specifically teaching and helping people with? Yes. My, one of my main programs that I share with people is called Aspire to Inspire, Leading Yourself and Others. So it works for individuals who are leading their own lives as a solopreneur, as well as for someone who might be an entrepreneur and have a small team of people they work with, or someone in a corporation that has a team of people that they're leading as well too. So are you, are you more of a management coach? Are you a, is, when you talk about personal, it's funny because I just got off of a webinar that I was a guest on and uh, was talking about 
management skills, right? Because it is a personal development area, right? Of an individual, if they want to be a leader and if they want to lead even in a team or on a team or be part of a team, it's really important that they up-level their personal growth in order to be able to take on that role. So is it more in the, in the management piece of this, the awareness of yourself to grow, or is this um, just in, in general so that people can get, um, as you call, unstuck? <laughs> well, as we see, the terms are all starting to blend together. And from my experience of having, I have trained in management skills, but I think of management skills as being more things like hiring and firing and motivating and filling out your reports. Those are all management skills. Mm -hmm. And that personal development skills is, those are the things we do on the outside. Personal right. development skills are more focused on the inside. Yeah. And so how it is that we think and then how our actions relate on the outside but it's more an inside out job. Yeah, it's an inside job. Okay, so let's talk about the three things that you help people do. So the people that are, you know, really the problem, right? The problem question is, if you're feeling unhappy, if you're feeling stuck, right? And if you're feeling, feeling unfulfilled, this is where you come in and say, how can I um, help you get out of those feelings, you know, and, and, and move forward, whether this is in the corporate world or your personal world, because a lot of people do get in a funk. Let's just call it a funk. You know, <laughs> call it what it is. Get in a funk and a slump, and sometimes it's short and sometimes it's long. And so what is it that you help people do? So if someone's listening and they're going, you know, I'm kind of in a funk today. What do I, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. So I, wanted, I also want to make sure that we broaden the scope as well, too, because it's not just for an individual feeling that they might be stuck, but also for a leader, either an entrepreneur or in a larger organization that has a team of people yeah. that they are stuck mm -hmm. as well, too, mm -hmm. because the same principles apply to either an individual or a team as well. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things I do in my programs is I use the word values as an acronym. Okay, and, great. Yeah, yeah. so the, the V is for vision of purpose. Okay. A is aligned goals, so having goals that are aligned to your purpose. And then the L is for listed actions. Mm -hmm. so, as we know, nothing happens until we take that action. Hmm. wonder where that came from. <laughs> yes. <laughs> U is for undoing limiting beliefs. Uh-huh get unstuck. The E is for express success. And then the S is for strengthen with feedback. So that helps keep us on course. Okay. I love that. Yeah. All right. So for those of you that are listening, we'll go ahead and put those in the notes too, so that people don't have to worry about it. So let's kind of walk through each one of these, you know, so we're stuck. So now we need to have some vision. That's going to be one of the first things that we do. Yes. Yeah. So I specifically look at vision of purpose. So what is our purpose in life? Yes. Um, by Because our decisions that we can make, if we have that context of purpose, then that's going to give us direction. So yeah. if we just take off on a trip and we don't have a destination in mind, then how do we know if we get there? So our purpose is what gives us that direction. 
Yeah, I love that. And what is the process of defining that? Because I find that um, that's probably one of the biggest challenges I have with my clients. Because as you and I were talking before we went live, and I, and I think most people know, you know, my whole business is based on values and core values and vision and alignment, you know, those types of things too. But in a different place, you know, it's a different type of approach to this. But one of the challenges I think people have is that if you were to ask anyone, and, and is, this is a rhetorical question for those that are listening, is what are your three core values? And, and I have about 10 of them. I got to be honest. I have like 10. But there's three that I really, really live by. And every decision is based on those three. Before I make a decision about anything, it's mm, does it fit those? And it allows me to do that. But how do you help people identify those core values, because there's plenty of values out there. You know, you could be ethical or authentic or it's family or it's faith or it's money. I mean, money's a value for people. It's, you know, presence is a value for people. Commitment. Um, there's gobs of words out there that would resonate with anyone listening saying, well, I like all those words. How do you bring that down into what truly is that passion that you're talking about? Yeah, it's a really great question, Jen. I use a tool from the Barrett Value Center that is an individual values assessment. Cool. So, yeah, it allows someone to go in, and it's a matter of choice. You know, mm -hmm. we just have to stop and take a look at, even though yeah. there are lots of them to choose from, yeah. to choose what our top 10 are. Yeah. And then um, what that assessment does is get translated into a model that is called the seven levels of personal development. And there's also a model that's the seven levels of leadership as well, too. Um, have you ever seen Maslow's hierarchy, the pyramid? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. A lot of people have seen that. So what Richard Barrett, the founder of this particular system, did was he took Maslow's hierarchy and he identified the needs, but he looked at it more closely and said, you know, there's specific development that people go through in their lives depending upon their age and also the circumstances, what's going on in their life. And so he created a, a pyramid and then a reverse pyramid on top of that. So it's kind of like the, the figure eight in that way. And then identified what the seven levels of development are. And so what this tool does is then map people's values to those seven levels of development or seven ah. levels of consciousness. Yeah, I love that. And, and so what you're saying is that your core values can change. Absolutely, they can yeah. change. Because we might have, my core values are making a difference and serving others and working in community and collaborating. However, if, if this moment there was, a, where I live in Southern California, a major earthquake, then yeah. immediately my survive, I'm going to be dropping right back into right. the bottom of that pyramid of survival. Right, right, from where, where it just comes from, the lizard brain, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, if you have kids, your core values are different than if your children are grown and, you know, they're out of the house and now you have grandkids and you have other things going on. So I think that's important for people to understand and for people to hear is that your core values can change. You don't have to be set in your core values. And I, and I honestly believe that, too. I mean, other than the fact that family and faith have always been my two top, right? My third one's always changed. It depends on where I am in, in life, you know, having shifted from a 35-year career in mortgage lending into what I'm doing now, one of my core values became stability and making sure that I have stability, right? And so every decision 
And you have to recognize those triggers too as to when, when you need to re, perhaps reassess them because before that it was being present, right? That was a core value is making sure that I was present. But that's because I was going through a period of time where it was so chaotic straddling, doing both sides mm-hmm. that I wasn't present. And I said, okay, this has to be a core value so that I can make decisions to ensure I'm present. Mm-hmm. Accomplish that. Now here's a core value stability. Every decision is, will this make me stable, right? Both in a time perspective and a financial perspective. And so I think that's important for people to know that they can change, but there's got to be, is there, how, what is the recognition? What's the trigger? I mean, I happen to work in this world, so that's why I knew that I had to reassess, but what's a trigger or, you know, what kind of frequency would you suggest for people to reassess those core values? Yeah, actually, it's really common when people are in transition to fall back into the bottom of the pyramid in the survival and the stability, because oftentimes people have financial constraints that come in yeah. and they're making that transition unless they've, you know, been able right. to right. accumulate some degree of money um, yeah. as they make that transition in any kind of transition in their life. You know, what, you call it straddling. For me, it's not straddling. That's somewhat of a, a negative turn. For me, I'm choosing what I is my passion because I really love working in both worlds. I think that yeah. one of my early mentors, Werner Earhart, had said uh, we can either live our lives uh, one of two ways, either out of circumstances or out of vision. And he also said that the greatest difference that we can make in the world is the difference we make in corporations because there are so many people in corporations. So I have chosen to keep my, my options open in both worlds and it served me very well. But when people make that transition, whether it's to a new job, whether they get married, whether or not they've lost someone in their family, if there's any big change in someone's life, then it's really important for them to take a look at has their values changed out of that. If they haven't, if they've had some degree of stability, they may not have changed. However, if they at least look at that once a year, I always like on the last day of the year, on New Year's right. Eve, before right. I party or whatever I do on that night (laughs) is I like to sit down and I do a reassessment of the year what it is I've done and what is it I want to do and to retake a look at what my core values are and to change them if they have changed at that time because it's not a set in stone thing you know I, I really like that and you know for a lion's share of my listeners who are loan officers you know we went through or the mortgage industry went through you know a couple of different very difficult times, you know, with 9-11 was one and then the credit crisis and then interest rates going up and, you know, and everybody was wondering, am I doing the right thing? Am I in the right business? And, you know, that seemed to be some major triggers for some people to assess. And I can tell you that, you know, from the people that I'm coaching, that's what we're going through is we're, we're reassessing those values right now to make sure that they're on the right track you know, they're on that, that path. So I love that. Absolutely love it. Okay. So we need to have this vision. So we need to, you know, get our values in line and have the vision for what our purpose is and what makes us feel good. Then we have the alignment. So let's talk about the alignment piece of this. Yes. Before we jump into that, I just want to mention that I would like to offer to your viewers Mm -hmm. the opportunity to take the individual values assessment for no charge. At the end of when we're finished talking, I will actually give some information on how people do that because really valuable about this particular model is that it can identify potentially limiting values. Mm -hmm. 
or potentially negative values because there might be something where we're, we're feeling like we are an entrepreneur with a small team of people that are working with us and we may feel like we need to keep everything in control. However, control can be a value that could be potentially limiting if we got across the line to the point of being too controlling. I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, this, so this particular model helps people identify any potentially limiting values that they might have. I love that. Well, I can't wait to take it because, you know, that I've kind of done it the old-fashioned way through Darren Hardy. You know, he's one of my mentors. And so there's an old-fashioned way of sort of doing it. So I'd be curious to see how aligned <laughs> – right? How aligned those values are with what I think my values are. So I can't wait to take it. That's awesome. And thank you so much for offering that for everybody. I really, really appreciate that. Okay. So let's go to alignment. Yes. Okay. So then once we have our, our purpose, or our vision created, as you know, and I'm, I'm sure that you coach with your clients as mm -hmm. well too, is the importance of setting those goals. Because if we don't set them, if we don't write them down, if we don't measure them and follow them, then we're much less likely to actually achieve our goals or get to fulfill our purpose. So it's the aspect of fulfilling our purpose or the goals are what allow us to fulfill our purpose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. And you know, you and I both had the wonderful privilege of um, having David Fagan speak with us, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, love this guy. And one of the things that he said is, you know, that you don't have a goal that your kids go to bed at eight o'clock at night, you have an expectation. And there's a mind shift that happens when um, you say, I have an expectation of reaching this thing. This is my expectation for myself as opposed to goals. And I, you know, I started thinking about it and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, you're right because goals can be very dreamy. Right. <laughs> and, and when I said, Oh, I don't have a goal of doing this. Now I have an expectation. Ooh, it was a little scary because now I had to put accountability on myself. Exactly. And now I knew that I was going to not just write it down or tell people, you know, and say, let it be written, let it be done. But I was actually had an, an outlying expectation that that I, I put on myself. So I have, you know, I love that because I just think a lot of people don't set goals at yeah. all. I know. I know. It's actually <laughs> quite a long easy. life. <laughs> I know we take it for granted because it's something that we've done for so long. Yeah, However, it's true is the majority of people don't or they might think of well, I have a goal uh, that I want to get a new car, you know, by the end of the year or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but even just a simple act of writing it down makes it so much more possible that it's going to be fulfilled. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I know it's funny. Okay, so but I know that we have to take action. So I know we're going to talk about that too. Um, so well, we're going to talk about it now. Listed action. So how am I going to get to that goal? So that's the next part in your acronym of values. Well, one of my other mentors, Tony Robbins, is uh, the person who first taught me this it's a long time ago. Now it was it was funny that I've been with I, a lot of the teachers that I've had. I was with before they became really big and famous. Yeah. And, uh, so I worked with Tony quite some time ago and was a trainer for him, as I mentioned. But one of the things that he taught me was chunking it down. Mm -hmm. And that's what setting our, or identifying our actions can do is to help to chunk it down. Because if we just have the goal, and even if we make it a smart goal, one is it's specific and measurable and achievable, and people probably heard all things relevant. Yep. Realistic and on a timeline. Yep. Yes, yep. relevant and timeline. Is that until they start to list what the actions are to achieve that goal, 
Uh, and if they do, then again, it's going to be much more likely that they're going to fulfill that goal and then fulfill their purpose as well, too. So it all trickles up and down. Yeah, it totally does. Okay, so then next goes undoing limited beliefs because, oh, I can imagine what this is about. Because as I'm writing down these goals and, and I'm using SMART if I want to, right? And, and KISS, we want to keep it simple, silly, right? I didn't want to say the other word. But if we're writing down these goals, you know what's going to happen. Yes. Self-talk pops. Yes. A little voice comes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. You're not smart enough. You are not experienced enough. You haven't, whatever it is, that limiting belief, which is just a function of the mind. Right. The, mind, the way that I look at it and what I've learned along the way is that, that we can really, when we open up and we really connect and we know who we are and we have that more of a spiritual aspect of ourselves, then we're going to be able to achieve those goals and fulfill our purpose. And, and I believe that this life that we have, this plane of existence, this reality, was created for spirit to recognize itself, for all of creation, whatever word you use, even if you are. Awareness, self-awareness. Yes, all of that, yeah. yeah. And that the game that was created here in this place of existence was in, which is really a, we're in a plane of duality. There's right, wrong, good, bad, up, down. There isn't one without the opposite. Mm -hmm. And so in order to experience self, creation, spirit, universe, God, whatever, there had to be created the opposite of that. And that's what the mind is. And so the mind, the function of the mind is to come up with the opposite when we get close to that fulfillment and experience ourselves is why we can't do that. So that's what that little voice does. Mm -hmm. You can't do it. You're not going to be able to do it. You're not good enough, whatever it is. And so once we recognize that, then we can start to work with that and deal with it if we see it for what it is, rather than just being at the effect of it. Right. So what are some ways that we can work at it? Because I know that I've walked around with a limiting, one limiting belief for many, many, many years. I'm aware of it. Yes. And that's it. I'm aware <laughs> of it. Right. So, so what are some things that we can do to start working on it? I use a lot of different modalities to work with limiting beliefs. It can be as simple as identifying what it is and then writing down what are the, the ways that we are saying that that is true. Mm. Um, let's say someone is, has a limiting belief that they're not good in math. That's a simple example. Yeah. I'm not good in math, so I just back off. Yeah, that's what yeah. people do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. great in math. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> so, so what's helpful is to list the evidence that yeah. they're focused on that says they're not good in math. Uh -huh. Well, I didn't like math when I was in school. I didn't get good grades. Um, I made a mistake on my taxes. So it's helpful to use a calculator. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what's helpful is to then create a more empowering belief. So even simply stating the opposite of the limiting belief and saying, I'm getting better at math every day. That's more empowering than I'm right. just good at math. And so then people start looking for and actually writing down, what is the evidence that shows that that is true? And so it might be that I successfully balanced my accounting system. I won't say checkbook anymore because most people don't have yeah. checkbook. <laughs> right. <laughs> Used to use that one as an example. Right. There was something else that I did specifically. I'm taking an evening class in math, so I'm getting better every day. Watching YouTube. Like, 
or my dad was really great in math, so I must have at least one good math gene in there. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for evidence, and I know this is a very simple example, but any limiting belief we have, if we do that and we start focusing on what is the evidence of the empowering belief, then we start to shift it. And it's a matter of just doing that on a consistent basis. I love that. I love it. I love it. It's great. Okay. So then we want to express success. Yes. So there are so many ways that we, and things that we say and do that get in the way of our success and things that can help further our success. And so I look at, this is a section that's more on communication skills. So if it's an individual who has a team of people they're leading, not only how are they communicating to themselves, but how are they communicating to their team? And right. if it's individual, it's how is it they're communicating to themselves inside? And there, are, I look at the aspect of Albert Barabian from UCLA did a study some time ago and looked at what is the impact of our words, our voice tone, and our body language on any communication. And have you seen that study before? I don't know that I've seen that study, but I know, I know that, you know, our nonverbal is one of the biggest things. You know, I, I certainly know that. Exactly. Yes. And I use this in workshops that I do for individuals and for teams as well, too. When I ask people about that, sometimes people, oh, no, it's the words. It's the words that are the most important. And some people say, no, it's the voice that's most, most important. And words are very, very important. It's not that they aren't important. It's just relative to voice and body language. Right. We're at 7% of the impact. Yeah. Voice tone, yes. Voice tone has 38% and body language has 55%. Mm -hmm. So I help people see what it is in the words of what it is that they're saying. Because if they're saying um, you have to, you need to, you should, then that's counter, that's resistant to mm -hmm. whatever is happening rather than it's important, it's valuable, it's helpful. So there are different words that are expressing success and different words and phrases that are keeping us from our success. Yeah, I, you know, um, I don't know if you remember when we were at the retreat, someone came in and taught a little bit about that. I can't remember who it was. I think she was the gal who was putting on the Wishman event. I can't remember. Uh, she's part of Secret Knock uh -huh. and uh, Michelle or something. And uh, she said, you know, we say I can't all the time. And, you know, and I said, you know, I can't afford that. I can't, or I have to, I have to do that instead of what's a way that I could afford it. What's a way that I could get what I want. And instead of, I have to clean the house, it's, I get to clean the house because I have a house. Yes. I get to make phone calls to clients today because I have a job. Right. And I, and so I think that's really important. I, I love that. I, and you know, that's just a small little shift, but it's funny because I caught myself doing it the other day. I've been really good for like two months and I caught myself doing that the other day going, I have to clean the house. And then I said, no, no, I get to clean the house because when I clean the house, I can have Airbnb people come in to help me make money. Right. <laughs> and, and I make more money to pay for this wedding of my daughter's. It's kind of, <laughs> So, so I had my whole purpose there. You know, it's like, I get to clean the house. Um, In addition to get to is I choose to. I choose to, yeah. Very powerful. because I choose to clean my house because I love it when it's clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I do. I'm a German, so it's usually clean anyway. Okay, so let's talk about the S in values, which is strengthen for feedback, right? With, with feedback, yeah. With feedback. Strengthen with feedback. 
Yes. So it's going out and soliciting feedback, whether we're an individual leading our own lives or whether we are a leader leading a team of people, is soliciting that feedback. Because when we get feedback, uh, one of the things I teach people is that all feedback is positive. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, some people go, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I really believe that because unfortunately people have received so much negative feedback and studies have shown that people need four times as much affirming feedback as constructive feedback. Mm -hmm. and it's just been whether as they were being raised, their parents were not informed about the importance of giving positive feedback or when they got into the work life, then they had managers or leaders who also didn't know that we're not informed and so they got so much negative feedback throughout their lives that they just hear feedback and they it's all negative yes, yes. Yeah. it all becomes negative yeah and so I love uh, being having the opportunity to teach yeah. people how it is to give effective feedback and I look at feedback as all positive because even the word constructive is built on the word construct mm -hmm. it means to build not to down. Yes. And so once people start to see that shift, they can change their speaking and how it is that they deliver feedback. And also how do they solicit feedback as well, too, as an individual, because any feedback we get can just help us if we're off course, get back on course and go in the direction of our purpose in life. Yeah, and I think I, I do think that's very important. I think that especially in this day and age where we're looking for reviews online and things like that, I know there is a plethora of people that have jumped in on that bandwagon and have tons of reviews and then a huge amount of people that are just as equally as good, if not better, who don't have any reviews because of the fear of asking for feedback, fear that, ooh, that's gonna hurt me and, and it's going to you know, create more be limiting beliefs and whatnot. And I think if, if someone can go through this process that you have here of values, um, they can redirect that into positive. Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah, I agree. That's, that's fantastic. Okay, well, wonderful. Well, it, I'll tell you what, I love this. I love this values acronym. I, I think it's absolutely wonderful. Um, I hope that everybody who's been listening, you know, has taken great notes on this. And, uh, you know, I've mentioned recently that we've had a lot of mindset and it's really important that we start really redirecting ourselves as we start heading into the end of 2019. You know, as we're recording this, it's August of 2019. Um, before we set out on our business plan, we've got to get a checkup from the neck up before we start going out, right? This is, this is great timing, but I know that there's a tactical piece that you operate with, you know, as it relates to the corporations that you're working with. So how can someone open doors with you to have you come in and train a whole management team or a, a bunch of leaders, or if they just had some questions for themselves on how to overcome some of the, the obstacles that they have right now, what's the best way for us to open doors for you? And with you. Oh, thank you for asking that. So if people want to get in contact with me, I'll give my email address. Mm -hmm. It's my name, Janny, which is J-A-N as in Nancy, I. Mm -hmm. And my last name is Ashmore, A-S-H-M as in Mary, O-R-E, Ashmore at gmail.com. Okay. And if you, I would uh, be delighted to come in and talk to a team of people or to any individual as well too. But I do again want to offer yeah. the individual values assessment 
um, at no charge. And, and then also uh, a half an hour free coaching session as well, too, to unpack what that does. Because just yeah. to get it yourself, um, you might take some guidance to look at how it is that it relates specifically to the seven levels of consciousness or the seven levels of development. And so you can see where you fall on those seven levels of consciousness as well, too. That's for great. Okay, so we'll have a link in the notes for that. Okay. Unless, is there a quick way? Is it, is it just janieashmore.com forward slash something? Well, they can go to my website too, janieashmore.com. Uh -huh. um, for the individual values assessment, if they send me an email, that would work best. Okay, good. So that would be janieashmore at gmail.com. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. See, I have a very good memory. I didn't even look down. For those of you that are listening, you don't even know. You have to go watch the video. I didn't even look down. It's just boom, boom. Your auditory works real well. <laughs> I'm very visual too. <laughs> very visual. Awesome. Well, I, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for um, coming here today. And as we close out, I'd like to ask you or invite you to share a quote or share a book that you're reading right now or that you just read for our listeners to probably, or to perhaps pick up. Okay, great. Well, one of my favorite quotes is by Oliver Wendell Holmes, and it's a mind once expanded never returns to its original shape. Ooh, so, I like that. It's like a rubber band. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my hope and wish for everyone is that uh, you have, your mind has been expanded through the talk that Jen and I have had today, and that it doesn't return to its original shape, and uh, that you can move forward with an acronym of values and looking at how you can more fully live your life to your fullest potential. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you again, Janny, for joining us today. And everyone, I just want to say thank you again for uh, listening in. I am so grateful, as I always am, and I don't want it to sound like a mundane thing. It is very, very important to me that I help you get to where you want to go and be one of the facilitators to, to get you there. And I think everybody who comes on our show, all of our guests who are willing to share and take that risk out there, you know, at sharing these ideas for everyone. So in typical fashion, with take action, right, the action part of this, I just want to encourage everyone to revisit the values and we'll have them in the show notes as well. Revisit that and take some time to think about what your purpose is, what your goals are, um, what action, you know, that list of actions that you want to take and all the other pieces too, soliciting the feedback. It can be really, really life-changing. And it's a story I've told on my podcast a thousand times, so I'm not going to tell it again, but it definitely can be very life-changing when you solicit for feedback from people. So I say thank you so much for joining us. Please take action. Stop talking about it and you will get the results that you've been looking for. And I look forward to catching you on our next episode. Thank you again, Jenny. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com slash S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.